0: nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800 693 4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets we want to welcome to veterans radio um paul j ryan who's going to talk about the upcoming michigan military and veterans hall of honor induction ceremony for 2022 paul welcome back to veterans radio hello jim how are you i'm doing well we had you on last year to talk about last year's classes and paul ryan is a retired uh, United States Navy captain and he's the vice chair of the uh, board for the Michigan military and a and Veterans Hall of Honor Um, so he's a busy busy guy and he's uh, taken on the lead here uh, to induct uh, a whole new class of great Michiganders into the hall this November so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Michigan military and Veterans Hall of Honor and we'll start
1: there Uh, Sure, Jim. Uh, The the Michigan Military Veterans Hall of Honor, we'll we'll keep it short to Hall of Honor, Uh, has only been around for a few years. Uh, Our purpose is to uh, not only recognize Michiganders for either their uh, military exploits or civilian achievements, uh, civic, business, uh, professional, education, nonprofit uh, accomplishments after they took the uniform off, Uh, We recognize uh, selected individuals in an induction ceremony. This year will be held in uh, November, November 18th, uh, at the uh, Michigan History Center in Lansing. Uh, But beyond that, uh, our goal is to educate the public, and particularly uh, Michigan youth, uh, about uh, these individuals, and in so doing, uh, help to encourage if you will a sense of civic pride uh, in uh, in our country in our state and in its citizens
0: and this is uh, each year is a group of military um, members who get in and a group of veteran members who get in how, how many of each do you do each year and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how folks get even nominated for this honor
1: Uh, Every year, our goal is to select six individuals in each category. Uh, The military category is uh, 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 reserved for those individuals whose military accomplishments and exploits, uh, bravery, what have you, uh, uh, are worthy of recognition. And then an additional six in what we call the veteran category Uh, Those individuals who, uh, as I said earlier, uh, had uh, some noteworthy accomplishment or accomplishments after they took off uh, the uniform. Last year was a little bit unusual for us because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, We inducted uh, two classes last year, the class of 2020 and the class of 2021. Uh, Since our first induction class was in 2019 uh, this year 2022 will actually be the fourth class of inductees that will bring into the hall
0: and if i understand it right paul uh these folks can be nominated by the public they're nominated by members of the board they may be a vso or somebody has nominated maybe a family friend has nominated so it's really a wide open process isn't it
1: oh yes and um uh, uh, the, uh, the, the nomination documents and the information for members of the public to nominate uh, individuals uh, for this honor are on the Hall of Honors website. Uh, and even though we're fairly new at this, uh, last year we inducted our uh, first uh, member of the public uh, was in the military category uh, nominated by his spouse. Uh, and, and uh, uh, he went in uh, last year. Uh, this year, if memory serves me, we have multiple uh, nominations from, uh, well, we did have multiple nominations from the public, about six or seven of them. And of those, I believe uh, two uh, actually uh, are going in this year as inductees. The majority so far in our short history of our nominations do come from our board members. But uh, it's, it's obvious to me that the number of nominees that we are receiving from members of the public has grown.
0: Well, and as you say, they can participate each year in the spring by nominating people. The website, by the way, is org. And you can go there and find the bios of everybody who's been inducted in 2019 2020 2021 and we're going to talk about the 2022 inductees in a minute here but i wanted to set up how folks can learn more about the hall of honor and that website mi military vet hall of now we're going to turn to the veteran category and and again i'd ask if you can tell us um sort of the basis for why people get inducted to the hall of honor paul ryan for the veteran category and and who are the six uh, uh inductees for 2022 that will be um part of the november 18th ceremony up in lansing
1: yeah well uh every uh every inductee has to have served in the armed forces And uh, the veteran category uh, individuals are recognized um, probably not so much for what they did while they were uh, in military service, although many of them have very interesting stories uh, uh, and accomplishments uh, while they were in uniform. But the veteran category uh, is more directed towards what these individuals accomplished, what they did, Uh, after they left the military. And this year, we have uh, uh, another really uh, uh, fantastic slate of inductees, um, uh, including these six individuals, uh, Travis Mills, uh, Herman Kaiser, uh, Coleman Young, people will remember that name, uh, Ralph Howenstein jerry linegar and uh tom scarrett interestingly enough the hollywood actor uh,
0: again a pretty diverse group they've all had uh, different types of lives uh, but giving the giving real weight to um helping veterans and veteran causes military causes so it's great to talk to captain paul ryan retired of the united states navy uh, vice chair of the board of the michigan military and veterans hall of honor about these veteran inductees Uh, paul why don't you tell us uh, about herman kaiser
1: uh sure uh herm kaiser was born in 1938 in grand rapids uh he enlisted in the army as a chaplain assistant in 1962 and was commissioned as an army chaplain in 1968. Uh, He served in Vietnam uh, with both the 1st Infantry Division and the 4th Infantry Division, was wounded twice, uh, Mm -hmm. once in a rocket attack on a fire base uh, in Cambodia, actually, for which he received the Purple Heart. And the second time, uh, he was injured as a result of a 150-foot fall from a helicopter. God, uh, God was him,
0: looking after him on that one
1: should have killed him but it didn't and the reason it didn't was he landed in a pile of very thick tall grass and it broke his fall but he was pretty he was pretty badly banged up uh, from that. Uh, Herm uh, exhibited uh, a, a, his own degree of bravery, Uh, particularly in one occasion where he persuaded an intoxicated soldier who was armed and threatened to shoot his other fellow soldiers. Herm convinced this guy to surrender his weapons and uh, defused a pretty dangerous and dicey situation. Uh, Herm received the Army's Soldiers Medal uh, for that act. Uh, uh, The Soldiers Medal is given for heroism not involving actual combat. Uh, Herm had a long career in the Army, uh, positions of great responsibility uh, in the chaplain's field. The director, uh, deputy director of chaplaincy, uh, uh, service support agency in Washington, uh, the executive director of the Armed Forces Chaplain's Board uh, for the Department of Defense. Uh, He was the senior command chaplain for NATO in Germany for a number of years. Herm uh, retired from the Army in 1998 as a colonel uh, but was recalled to active duty by the Secretary of the Army uh, to serve in a role supporting the uh, direct, reporting directly to the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Manpower and Reserve Affairs. Um, his uh, recall was extended in 2000 by uh, the Secretary of Defense to serve as an advisor to the Ambassador-at-Large for International Religious Freedom at the U.S. Department of State. Uh, So, uh, you know, Herm's expertise and experience so significant that uh, the Army chose to uh, detail him to this lead role in the Department of State. Uh, Herm did finally retire from the Army in 2002.
0: It really is uh, another one of these, Rico, well, geez, I, you know, he could be in the military category, but he did so much for the Army and the Chaplain Corps post-active duty. It's it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, the, Herm dedicated his life uh, both in and particularly out of uniform to increase the awareness of uh, moral injury in war. And, veterans suffering from it. Uh, He was the founding co-director of an organization called the Soul Repair Center uh, at Texas Christian University, uh, which has become uh, a very important source of informational materials, stressing both the physical and the psychological aspects of post-traumatic stress uh, and uh, uh, a a number of uh, other boards and commissions. He briefed the Undersecretary of Defense for personnel and readiness three separate times on uh, just war tradition and the need to uh, change the conscientious objector policy in the armed forces. Uh, he also served as the national chaplain for the military order of the Purple Heart. He was a member. There are 40, 45,000 other fellow members of the Purple Heart organization and he was their national chaplain, um, and he held that role at the time of his death.
0: Well, he really um, continued his service to the community and to veterans by things that he did. Uh, I have a note here that he played a key role in establishing Hidden Wounds of War, a conference at Grand Valley State University in 2014, and, and continued on as a special counselor to the Kent County Veterans Treatment Court, when it was established in 2015. So uh, this is a man of faith, uh, a man who served and and certainly had very strong views about how to help folks, how how to help other folks who had served. Yes, he was
1: very articulate and uh, very knowledgeable, very active, right up until his death in uh, 2017 at age 79. uh, Herm is buried in Arlington National Cemetery and um that's not easy to do i mean you have to uh you have to qualify for that i sounds I, I sound a lot but uh, yeah. not everybody gets to right. gets to be buried there and, and herm is one of them
0: well uh, again a very interesting uh, life story that uh, deservedly is in the hall of honor but another gentleman who fits that category uh, would be travis mills tell us about travis
1: Travis Mills is an Army veteran uh, born in 1987 in Vassar, which is east of Saginaw, although Travis now lives in Maine. Uh, He enlisted in the Army in 2006 and served with the 82nd Airborne Division. Uh, During his third combat tour in Afghanistan in 2012, all four of Travis's limbs sustained severe injuries from an IED explosion. Uh, As a result, uh, Travis became a quadruple amputee and was medically retired from the Army. Uh, He is only one of five quadruple amputees from the Global War on Terror to survive such wounds. Uh, Just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, injuries that that he suffered after he was wounded uh, Travis made it his personal goal to recover and be able to stand at what's known as the green ramp uh, to welcome the 82nd uh, airborne back from that particular deployment on which uh, during which he was injured and he actually did that uh, the green ramp uh, is a large uh, north-south parking ramp, uh, at Pope Air Force Base in North Carolina uh, and used by the Army to stage uh, joint operations for the Air Force. So, it doesn't much to me to Army uh Travis committed himself to recovering sufficiently to be there, and he was. Uh, uh, he went on to write uh, a, a New York Times selling a memoir titled Tough As They Come. Uh, Here's another example, Jim, of uh, an individual who uh, faced catastrophic adversity, physical adversity, and uh, overcame it, not only survived, but thrived. He founded and is the board president of the Travis Mills Foundation, That foundation raised almost $3 million in donations to rehabilitate uh, a facility called Elizabeth Arden's Maine, M-A-I-N-E Chance Lodge. Uh, That used to be a spa that was established in the thirties by the cosmetic maven uh, business leader, businesswoman uh, Elizabeth Arden uh, was sold in 1970. Uh, Travis, with his donations went in uh acquired it rehabilitated it and uh last year or rather in in 2017 uh this now veterans retreat hosted over 56 combat injured veterans and their families just an incredible story
0: yeah and i would recommend to anybody who is uh You know a little depressed about their life or a little little down in the dumps and grumpy about uh, you know somebody took my parking spot or i didn't get the job or you know the army didn't treat me or the va didn't treat me fairly go read tough as they come when you hear travis mills words and see and understand what he went through boy the rest of us have nothing to complain about and and he's a He really is an inspiration, sort of a motion picture inspiration, isn't he? Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd say the the key to life is to maintain perspective. And I I think Travis's story will put a lot of our trials and tribulations into perspective. And it is pretty interesting that uh, his story is set to be the subject of a major film uh, expected to be directed by Sylvester Stallone, none other than The Italian Stallion, Uh, And he is expected to co-star in it, along with uh, Adam Driver, who, incidentally, is a Marine Corps veteran himself.
0: Well, Travis's story is amazing. Um, Again, well worthy of the Hall of Honor um, that's being bestowed on him here in Michigan. So uh, glad glad to see his story advanced and in his uh, rightful place with all these other great michiganders but let's do a final one here um, in the veterans category and and uh, sometimes they're politicians uh, i know in the past inductees have included uh, congressmen and, and uh, u.s senators and uh, judges uh, because the military really becomes a a launching point for a greater career afterwards and and the next one up to talk about is coleman young who i think certainly did that
1: yeah and that's that's certainly true uh, uh, your comment about launching grounds for bigger and, and better things uh coleman uh was born in 1918 right in detroit uh during world war ii he served in the army air forces he was a tuskegee airman uh served as a bombardier and a navigator uh with the 477th medium bomber group uh, there was a, a, an event that occurred in 1945 toward the end of the war uh, called the Freeman Field Mutiny uh, this was a series of incidents at Freeman Army Airfield which is a base in Indiana uh, American uh, African American members of the 477th attempted to integrate an all white officers club uh, and uh, that uh, attempt uh, got some very serious pushback by Army authorities. Uh, these incidents resulted in uh, over 160 arrests of black officers from the 477. Some of them were arrested twice, uh, three were court martialed on relatively minor charges, and one was convicted. Uh, a, a, a huge injustice, uh, racial discrimination against uh, members of the armed forces who are fighting to to protect our way of life, and they get treated like this. Finally, in 1995, the Air Force officially vindicated all these actions and re- reversed the, corru- uh, the conviction and uh, uh, expunged uh, negative uh, uh, reports uh, from the letters of anything like that from the files of some of these officers. So the, 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 uh, the wrong was eventually righted. It's interesting that uh, this incident, the uh, uh, the Freeman Field Mutiny, is uh, generally recognized by historians of the Civil Rights Movement as an important step towards the full integration of the armed forces that occurred in
0: 1948. Well, uh, it's, it's nice to see that the board for the Hall of Honors report uh, you know recognizing some of these wrongs that have been righted uh, whether it be olita Christides, uh you know a, a a woman in world war one who didn't get treated the right way or virgil nishimura westdale a a, a nisi uh, who didn't get treated the right way in, in world war ii and in this instance uh, an african-american officer coleman young went on to uh, really launch a political career and and dynasty uh, tell any of our listeners who may not understand that uh, Coleman Young was the mayor of Detroit and, and some of the things that he did uh, tell us about that
1: yeah uh, Coleman Young was the first african-american mayor of Detroit and served for 20 years uh, 1974 to 1994 and during his administration uh, there was really, uh, 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 you know, the face of Detroit. I, I don't think it's, it's an overstatement to say the face of Detroit was transformed. Um, under his administration, the Renaissance center was built, uh, the Detroit people mover, uh, uh, general motors, uh, ham assembly plant, um, Joe Lewis arena, um, uh, one Detroit center, uh, the Fox theater was restored. Um, uh, and, and many others uh, uh, Coleman was instrumental in uh, advocating for jobs and economic stimulus to uh, rebuild many of Detroit's neighborhoods and and some of those building accomplishments uh, that uh, uh, his administration undertook were in uh, uh, in Detroit neighborhoods Um uh, riverfront condominiums, other other areas. Um, uh, he was also uh, instrumental in uh, uh, advocating for affirmative action uh, within the uh, Detroit uh, Police Department and uh, uh, helping to uh, integrate uh, that agency, uh, uh, keeping in mind the need for uh, a police force to be reflective of Uh, the population that it is serving. So, you know, a very, very long tenure and uh, uh, Mayor Young uh, certainly had uh, an impact on the city of Detroit uh, during his administration and really for the decades uh, that have occurred since.
0: Yeah, and you can really draw the dots between his public service as a Tuskegee Airman Um, uh, recognizing the segregation that uh, was going on and wanting to right that while in service and then that same public service and righting wrongs uh, through his 20 years as mayor of detroit we're talking to captain paul ryan retired united states navy and vice chair of the michigan and veterans hall of honor which has its upcoming ceremony inducting uh, folks in both from the military category and the veterans category. And uh, what's the date of that ceremony again, uh, Paul?
1: Uh, Jim, the, uh, the, the this year's induction ceremony will be on uh, Friday, November 18th. Uh, the ceremony begins at 12:30 p.m. at the Michigan History Center in Lansing.
0: Yeah, and you can go to mi military vet hall of to get more information, both on p- previous inductees, but also on this particular ceremony, which, as Paul mentioned, starts at 12:30 at uh, 702 Kalam- Kalamazoo Street in Lansing, Michigan. Um, it's always a very dignified affair and uh, quite impressive uh, to uh, learn about all of the members who are being inducted. Uh, Paul, thank you for spending some time with Veterans Radio and uh, telling our listeners about the great work that uh, you and the board are doing uh, to bring these people forward and keep this history alive.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Jim. Uh, Speaking on behalf of the board of the Michigan Military and Veterans Hall of Honor, uh, we absolutely love sharing these stories with the public. And uh, we can't wait to, to be with, uh, with members of the public, with you all, uh, on November 18th so you can hear firsthand the great things that uh, these inductees uh, have accomplished.
0: Thanks for your time today, Paul. Thank you. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800 800- or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, NVBDC.org, Eisenhower Center, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor, and the American Legion Press Corn, Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. They keep us on the air, as does your support. Go to Facebook, go to veteransradio.net, and support our efforts. And until next time, you are dismissed.